welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. We have a really good show today on Exploring the Marketplace because we have my friend Joy Zipper, and she is, I'm going to use an old-fashioned word, she's a hoot. She's like, <laughs> she's so full of life energy, Bob. Get ready. Put your seatbelt on. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put it on. So I'll just say this before we get into our interview with her. Uh, she owns a company called Berlin Bread Company, and it's amazing. They, they do felt bread, so it's basically gluten-free, the whole thing. But it's really high quality. It's really healthy. And I, I met her through a prophetic word. She actually owns several businesses, but that's kind of the main one that I uh, have connected to her. And she ended up writing a book because of prophetic word I gave her at a meeting at Bethel and Reading Church uh, in California. And we just became friends after that. I just love her. I love her family. And so I love her business ethic, though, because she's always pursuing God and dreaming. I think she's probably in her 50s, I don't know, 60s, somewhere in there. You should probably say 40s, Sean. She's probably in her 30s. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and she's dreaming like a 20-year-old. She's wow. like a Caleb. She's like, whatever age I am, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can see her at 90. She's going to have the same energy as she has now. She's that kind of person, which is really awesome because I feel like a lot of people in their mind, they they allow age to be a construct of their Christianity. And it's not. We're, we're, we live without age in the spirit. And so if you got saved at 65, and you only had three years left to live. Jesus, he only took three years to do everything he needed to do in his whole lifetime. So I feel like I love that about people when we have them on sometimes who just still have so much ambition. They're not the, at the end of their career. They're still building as if they're starting. Well, it's funny um, that you're looking at me talking about this because I am in my 60s. And uh, I was minding my own business. I I built a business. I'm operating a business. I'm married with a four kids. Everything's great. I'm doing some kind of consulting on the side. No one knows me. And um, then my friend Danny asked me to write a book with him when I was 57. <laughs> I love it. And so all of a sudden, everything changed. Yeah. And God opened up this whole side of my life. And I, I think about, um, like, what comes to my mind when we talk about this is Colonel Sanders. <laughs> well, I mean, I know it's funny, but he was in his late 60s this, yeah. when he founded Kentucky Fried Chicken. So wild. And so there's never an age. There's never an age in God's timing. I agree. And I think um, whether you're, you're young or old, you need a plan for a long life. Right. You just do. You got to plan for a long kingdom impact life. And yeah. I think uh, one of the things I've had to do to several people, even family members, is say, you have plenty of time left. Why are you all of a sudden part of you settling down? Like I, I don't believe in traditional retirement. I do believe in rest. I do believe that you've, you know, there, there might be a season where you slow down in some areas, but I don't believe in traditional retirement. I believe that God has plans for us till that all of our days are done on the earth. And a lot of times, especially there's a calling, like he thought of us before time began for good works. So there's a calling where there's still works to do when you're in your seventies, when you're in your eighties, when you're in your nineties, and I remember being with uh, some of my friends who are some of the older like ministry guys, prophetic guys, and some of them were like in their 80s, like Bob Jones, and they were as on fire in their 80s as when they were in their 50s or 40s and still traveling or doing crazy stuff. And and then I'd be around someone else who was like, had let themselves slow down. Mm -hmm. And they were like that almost like pre-nursing home 84-year-old. And you just couldn't even understand. It's like this person has... 
the youthfulness of God that he intended them to walk in in their days, even if they have some body issues and whatever else, like Bob and so many, Jack Taylor's another one, old Baptist Jack Taylor, who's like a spiritual father to so many, a grandpa to so many. And I mean, I was with him on his, uh, it was his third marriage because his first two wives had died. He got married again to Frida, who's a wonderful woman. And I was with him on their honeymoon. He was in his 80s. Wow. And I'm just with them because it's a long story why I was with their honeymoon. There's four of us on the honeymoon with them. Uh And I just look at it and he was so excited and so youthful. But he, you know, like there's so many people I was around at the same time who are in their 80s in my own family who were relatives who just had let life wear them down. Yeah. And so I think there's something about with marketplace people, we have to keep the energy of Caleb where he said, I am as ready now to inherit the promises when it was first given, even though I think he was in his eighties too. I'm still ready to inherit it as if I was 20 years old when I was first given the promise. There's something, I don't care if you're 40 listening to this, there's something about realizing God's the one with the energy. And if you could have made it happen in your own energy, when you had the best energy of your life, it would have been your work. And so, you know, one last thing on that, and I'm talking all the time, Bob, but that friend of mine, she had the greatest purpose of her life start hitting her, but it was after she had the energy for it. She was exhausted. She was kind of burned out. She was going through a lot in life. And then, all of a sudden life took off, all the calling took off that God had programmed her for her whole life. And she's like, God, why did you do this when I'm now older? I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't have the energy for this anymore. I said, cause I wanted to show you it's my energy that brings you here, not yours. Right. And I wanted you to have to do it with me, not for me. Right. Right. That's so good. And I get, I have the opportunity to talk to lots of people in their twenties and, and there's, they say things to me like, I, I, I'm supposed to be a millionaire by the time I'm filling the gap, 25 <laughs> totally. or 30. Totally. Like, what are you talking about? You have a whole working career over 40 years ahead yeah. of you. You've got plenty of time. It doesn't have to happen instantly like, like it shows on social media. And then the other thing that re- you reminded me of is a couple of years ago, we did, you did a uh, conference in Dallas yeah. and you had Bishop Garlington. Oh, I love him. And he is in his early eighties, mid eighties, yeah. and he stole the show. He but, was he was literally the biggest highlight of that entire conference. Right, he was. And everybody was amazing. Like Besides how, Lauren. Lauren was amazing. Yeah, your wife was. But she was actually. For me to see a man in his 80s at a conference. He was timeless. He was timeless and his message was so spot on. And it was the cutest thing with he and his wife. And I, I looked at that and I said, okay, I have 25 years to be relevant or more. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're looking at. My my favorite um, person who I got to be around, I felt she disciple. I only saw her one time. It was one of the guys who was a mentor to me named David Drowning, who's passed away now, who was a businessman, New York Jew businessman who turned profit, but still did business. And he introduced me to one of his spiritual moms who was named Grandma Hanneman. Oh, wow. No one ever knew Grandma Hanneman except for a few people. Well, a lot of people got saved by her, but as far as in the ministry world or in the big world, no one mm-hmm. knew her. She was just a mom and then a grandma. But she led more people to the Lord than anyone I ever met through one on evangelism. And we went to see her in the nursing home. She made her kids put her in the nursing home because she wanted one more harvest. Wow. <laughs> she was like, you know, in hospice type thing. And she wanted, and so I got to meet her in that condition in the nursing home. And so she's, when we walk into see her, these two young people walk out who are visiting her, their roommate in the, the nursing home, kind of a nursing facility. And they were weeping. And I said, are you guys okay? Because I thought their parents just died or something, or grandparent. And they're like, we just were with Grandma Hanneman. She's so beautiful. We just met Jesus. And I'm like, who is this woman? Like, it's almost like a storybook, you know? And I walk in and I go, 
Uh, she's like, oh, hello. And she greeted me as if we were, she, I was her family and I was her grandson or something. How are you? And she puts her hand on my face. Oh, and she couldn't get up because she was that right. debilitated. And so I sat on her bed next to her and so did David and David's talking to her for a minute. And she got, she's, she just started to talk to us and there was, she was timeless. Her body was almost done mm-hmm. and she was fully alive. And I set my goal. She was in her nineties. I set my goal and I said, I will not be a construct of time. Right. And I knew I had business purposes and all kinds of stuff. And I felt, it it felt comforting to know I'm not limited to a 30 year career or 40 year career. I'm limited to the fullness God has for me. That's so good. So we're going to talk to Joy in just a second. And I think I can't wait to hear all of her stories. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Exploring Series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for Exploring the Industry, where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career and the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable. Well, Bob, I get to introduce you to Joy Zipper, one of my friends who I met through a prophetic encounter, which is pretty awesome. And Joy, you're on right now. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad to talk to you. Every time I talk to you, I feel like I just buzz with God. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, good to meet you, Joy. Yeah, you guys were already fast friends right before the, you know, we start recording. You guys are harassing each other already. Yes. Yeah, but I think she's going to be nice to me. So that's going to be okay. <laughs> he doesn't know me, does he, Sean? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, um, Joy, one of the things I love about you is that you've gone after kingdom business. As a matter of fact, when you went to the event where we ended up meeting from because of the prophetic word, you were really trying to get words about your business, not get words about whatever I gave you about writing right. books and your dad and all these things. And so uh, you were in a, in, a, in a need or a place of need to really hear from God for to move some things forward. So you've been on this journey for a while of just doing kingdom marketplace stuff, doing business with God. And um, I love in the notes, I'm just going to read this to people so they can hear this because I've, I've never done this before. I've never read notes before, but I love it. I just love your personality. But I, we asked you, what, when did your Christianity start to affect your career? And you said, the first I was aware of that was when I had my first failure in business. <laughs> I think we need to start right there. Cause like, who, who says that? Like, right. who says like, when did your king, when did, you know, Christianity first affect you? It's like when I failed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your first failure because there was an encounter in that, in that season. Oh, it, it was, yeah, it was brutal. I had, uh, I had worked with my father for almost 20 years in total between a partnership, a family partnership. And, um, he was, had been in another partnership and I was operating his businesses for him. And so we had this deep history in, uh, in business. And I used to say that he was the drug dealer and I was the drug addict. We were just, uh, a force to be reckoned with. He was so entrepreneurial and I was too, and we just loved what we were doing. And, uh, over the course of time, um, you know, we had had a very uh, 
unusual relationship uh, because we were it was so complicated because we really were each other's greatest allies, but we were also each other's greatest adversaries. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it pick any day and it could go any way. It, wow. it was just an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic. We were very wow. similar in a lot of ways, but we had. Um, built these, we had a restaurant, a hotel, a fitness center. I added a day spa, a hair salon, a bed and breakfast. We had gift shops. We had purchased Berlin Natural Bakery. Um, There was just a whole host of businesses that we had um, accumulated over the course of about seven years. And uh, when I had first gone back to work for him, it, he was struggling to survive in those, the restaurant, hotel and fitness center, which of course, two of those are, have the highest failure rate in the country, which is the fitness center and the restaurant. restaurant, Of course, that would be what he would choose to do. (laughs) So he had, he had come, he had approached me. I was working for Trader Publishing at the time, which I absolutely loved. And uh, he came to me and he said, hey, listen, he said, I'm, I, I'm in trouble. He said, I, I'm going to need your help. And, uh, and I said, well, I'm like really loving life. I mean, these guys have poured so much into training me and teaching me. And I was basically on the fast track, but I could tell by his demeanor. And I also know enough, I knew enough about how God had worked in my life that I could, I could sense, you know, how when all of a sudden things that are normally easy start to become hard. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. And, and it's like resistance. You start to feel the resistance. And as soon as I started to feel that, I was like, okay, I actually know I don't actually even get to vote. I have to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> so I went, I went down to, to help him and it took a long time to, to bring those businesses out of a deficit. It was, Joy. it was three years of agony. Yes. Me, yeah. Okay. I was going to say was what, two questions. Was yes. it when you decided to move towards your dad, was it, kind of the daughter thing or did you hear the Lord? It was. And that's, that's actually the whole story. And that's what makes it so interesting with Sean's prophecy is, you know, when that whole failure had actually happened, it was like the blinders were lifted off of me. And for the first time I saw myself as this little girl that had been running after the unconditional love of her father. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, that was it. There was like, I was like, no, this is, this is no longer okay. But prior to that, I had had, um, when we separated in business, I had had three dreams that my father died three dreams in a row. And I would wake up screaming, crying. And I had talked to him about it. And my, my father was a prophet. And so, you know, I, we didn't know, I mean, we, we were Amish. We didn't have training like what you do today. So dream like this, was it literal? That's how I took it. Like, is he going to die? But actually those dreams ended up to represent a separation that would take place in, you know, because my dad and I were so strongly bound wow. together with business. Wow. It actually ended up mm. representing, you know, us separating in business, his, his death in my life in the business world. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. Like the failure is where everything all of a sudden is where I started to become very aware of God and of what his hand was in this. And it was, there was an encounter after I had closed the restaurant. Um, and it, I had opened it, check this out. I opened it in, I think it was July in 2000. And one, and of course, what happened on 9-11? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And from that point on, there was no, there was no recovering. There was, there was, there was, we didn't have enough money to recover from that. And I'm not talking we, I'm talking me. I just, there was no way to, to come back from that, from that hit. 
And uh, there was a lot of different things that played into it. But after I closed it, the manager and I, that I had hired and I were in the back room. We were like closing out all the drawers and, and packing up all the stuff. And the front door had a, a bell on it and we heard it go off. And, and, uh, he said, uh, Dan said, he goes, I'll, I'll go, I'll take this one. And so we had had a gift shop and it had like, you know, like choice books and all kinds of different things that people would bring to sell because, you know, it's the, the Amish restaurants are kind of known for that kind of stuff. And so, uh, he went and he was gone for like a long period of time. And I thought, wow, this is unusual. I wonder who this is. And, and I looked at the cameras, like the, the videos and I was like, there is, I don't see anybody. So this is very odd. They must be, it must be somebody he knows. He must be chatting, you know, whatever. He finally comes back in and the look on his face, I had never seen before. Now this is a guy that I had been, he had been by my side through war when we were like building these businesses. Um, and I knew every expression that, that he has ever mm -hmm, had. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? I said, what, what's wrong? And, all, and out of my mouth, the craziest thing I said, what, what, who was it? And he, and he just like would shake his head and I'd be like, was it an angel? Now, why I would even say that yeah. is beyond yeah. me. Like I look back on that and I'm like, why would I, why would that be the conclusion that I would come to? And I said, what, what happened? What did they say? Was it a man? Was it a woman? He said, well, it was a man. And he said, he said, well, the man said, he goes, I saw this place and I saw this place before it was ever built. And he said, and I saw the sign of it and it said the harvest restaurant. And he said, and I looked in the window of the restaurant and I saw people praying. And he said, there's a woman that owns this place. And Dan said, yeah, he said, I, you need to tell her that it's going to be okay. Mm. And so I was like, whoa, this is like, and I said, well, what did he, what did he pick up? Like, what was he here for? Like, you know, cause I'm not, you know, I'm like trying to figure out, am I just thinking this is an angel? Is this a person that's very prophetic? Like, what is this? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, do you have, do you have the slip? And he's like, yeah. And here is a blank slip. And there's a dollar amount on it. There's no company name. There is nothing on it. Nothing, not a single thing that would give us any clue. And he had no recollection. And wow. so that's, that event took me through some really dark days. Like if it would not have been for that message, I don't even know what I would have done because the, the deal that I had brokered with my, my dad and through the family partnership when I wanted to separate um, was that I would, I, there was only one business I wanted and that was Berlin natural bakery. And that was, I wanted it because it improved the quality of people's lives. Yeah. You know, it was like, it, I no longer wanted to make money just for the sake of making money. Those wow. days were over and I needed my life to mean something. And I had sacrificed so much of my life for business and chasing after my dad you know, the unconditional love of the father. Yeah. And so, so I ended up, um, taking the, the business that was losing. I took the entire hit myself, not one single penny was ever paid for by my family. I took everything. And then I was able to secure Berlin natural bakery along with it. So I had one business that made money, another one that lost way more than the one made. <laughs> so <laughs> I should never have made it. This, I mean, it's, it's an, it was an impossible deal, but you know what? I didn't care because I needed to be free. Like I, I, I was like, it's to me, I just have to, I have to be willing 
to believe that there has to be more to life than just this. And I, and, and I was going along great and everything ended up working out good with the business that was losing money. I ended up being able to, uh, sublease it. And so, uh, it still cost me money, but it was much less, wow. you know, much less pain than it, it had been previously. So things kind of settled down and, uh, but it was a rough road. It was a very, very rough road, uh, back from that whole ordeal. And I, I look back at it now and I can so clearly see, I can so clearly see why things happened the way that they did as far as, you know, me going back and helping my father when he was struggling to survive. I mean, he, the ministry that he started is Lared and Lared is all about values and principles. It's all about the book of Proverbs and, you know, and it's, it was primarily set up back then for business people. Oh wow! And so can you imagine a person, you know, God giving, you know, this man, this vision, this, you know, here is, here is your mission. And now he's failing in business. That probably isn't going to be very successful ministry, right? I mean, that's probably not gonna, not gonna sell. Yeah. But so, you know, the sacrifices, I feel like a lot of the sacrifices and things that I had made back then, I feel like I am now enjoying the fruits of a lot of those things. I feel like I've got a lot of favor, um, I've always felt like I've dealt with a lot of failure, but favor, but I, I really was wounded during that period where I left the family partnership. Mm. That was a very hard thing for me. And so on the healing journey that I went through that I talk about in the book, it's referring to, and I'm not specific about that whole entrepreneurial years, um, because the book was not about me. It was about him. Wow. And so, but that's, that's what happened in that's those That's why you're years. writing the second book. Right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have to be no. stopped. <laughs> exactly. well, it, it is interesting though, because I, I think, you know, with Berlin um, Natural Bride Company and some of the other businesses you have, it's it's just interesting that there was just this gut uh, level wiring from God that drove you both yeah. for, I love the significance factor of my life has to mean something because I feel like a lot of business people their money means something, you know, accumulating uh, means something, significance yeah. and status means something. But you kind of had that significance of it in a different way, which was, I want my life to mean something to God. Like I want to do something that helps the humanity in the world. And a exactly. lot of people don't see that outside of ministry. They don't see that through business. And I love that Man, that, it is, that became is part a, of the equation. And I love your yeah. bread. I love your company. I mean, I've, uh, I've experienced thank you. it. Well, Thank you. It's uh, we're known as purists in the industry, and I, I think that's hysterical. Is because I do feel like that we are very much those types of people where you know things are not negotiable, but mostly they're not negotiable because of the, my life experiences. Wow. So I just I think that's super interesting. But yeah, I wanted to talk about right now because right now we're at a period where you went through your really hard time, you know, years ago. Right now, a lot of people are going through a really dark night where they're just trying to figure out. How do I hear from God? They might have lost their job or their businesses are having a hard time. But in the midst of it, there's always kingdom things happening. I love how you always had an open to God's heart to just trust him and to see him and to let him lead you in your time. That was really dark. And and I love that story. But in this season, like for some people like yourself, there's great breakthrough happening. And you guys went yeah. from, you know, like you're in San Francisco at the time uh, before COVID. And now you guys tell us about this. Cause you've sold a business <laughs> and COVID like who did that? Yeah, I know. So yeah, we, uh, we knew that, uh, God was moving us and this was before COVID hit. Um, and so we, we were like, and once again, it's that resistance. 
where all of a sudden, because I had agreed, I said, okay, I'll stay one more year. I'm constantly making sacrifices for family. And so, and I didn't take it to God. I know shame on me, but I really didn't. And I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll one more year and that that's it. This is the last chance. And so as after I said that all of a sudden, all the things started to become difficult again. And so you had this whole resistance going. And so I was like, Oh, that's right. This is, this is you, this is you saying, Hey, it's time to go. So we started packing and I did not, I mean, we, we were looking to, you know, to sell, see if we could sell, but we weren't, I wasn't actually even that concerned about selling the business. I I was more concerned about getting to Ohio because I knew that in Ohio with all the, the, um, the, associates that I have here in business and all the connections, I could make up anything that I could lose from that business. But I was like, okay, God, we would pray and said, Hey, if, if this is meant to be, and you want us to sell this and then, then you'll bring us the buyer. And so we had actually reached out to another broker at the time, um, for a completely different situation only to find out that, uh, when we said something about selling the business, he says, Hey, I think I know somebody. And this guy Hmm. ends up calling and we end up selling and we were already, the pandemic was already taking place. I mean, we already knew there was something bad happening because it, it, we sold it after the pandemic because actually that's actually in the paperwork, but the guy is, he's doing very well, um, which is a miracle in itself. I mean, we're so, we pray for him all the time and, uh, but we didn't, you know, for us, it was like, Hey, if this works great, if not, we're will, we know that, that whatever God wants us to give up, he's going to, he's going to give it back. It's that we're not even concerned about that, but yeah, so we sold the business. We moved, uh, we actually moved in May the 1st, um, you know, during the pandemic, hired a, a moving company, uh, secured a location <laughs> I had never seen. Oh I have three new businesses that I'm starting and I had, <laughs> yeah, I had immediately gotten two words. Now this is the fun part. The two words that God had given me is one, and this was in March, this is right after all this happened was one was reset and the other one was redistribution of wealth. Oh wow! And mm. so I'm taking it and I'm like redistribution of wealth sign me up. I'm in. (laughs) I was like, yeah, we can do this. And so for me, it's just like, it gave me the ability to start, no, to start to dream. But, but you have to remember that, you know, that pain that I had gone through was gone. It's like, I was returning to Ohio restored. Wow. And so for restored to me means bring it on. I mean, this is, this is my wheelhouse here. These are my people. This is, this is where it's easy. And so, you know, it's not been easy. It's not been easy, but we're certainly accomplishing everything that we said that we would accomplish and believe that we would accomplish. So I, you can definitely tell it's, there is resistance in the things that you do. It's harder to get employees um, because of, you know, just all kinds of, all kinds of reasons. But that is, uh, that's, I mean, we just continue to move forward. We're like with our expansions and with our new business. And uh, we're just looking forward to seeing where, where this goes. And you know, it's, we're hoping to be able to provide, you know, there's obviously real loss and real tragedy in, in this season. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking for me as a business owner, knowing what you pour into your business. I mean, my heart just breaks. I'm hoping that at some point, that I can get together a group of people where we can, you know, start to help other people rebuild their businesses. So that's, that's one of the dreams that I have, but I'm very cautious right now because I I've been getting just a lot of um, downloads in, in about 4am from God for the last 
about two months now. Wow. And so I'm being cautious not to move too far or open just this door or close this one. I feel like this is a season where we really need to test. We need, we need to test everything that's coming at us because there's such intensity on both sides. You know, we yeah. know who wins, right? Yeah. We, we know who wins. Yeah. So we're, it's all going to be good. I think it's going to be really interesting after kind of the pandemic slows down and uh, the health crisis in America slows down because there's so many Right before this happened, even for us personally, we were trying to find a new accountant because our accountant had stepped away just into a new job or whatever. And uh, and we searched and searched, and the unemployment rate was so low that we couldn't find one. We had to have like a <laughs> service to help us. Yeah. And we were like, this is incredible. And now there's, you know, still a high unemployment rate. And there's people who are looking to move into something that fits them because their priorities have changed. All of a sudden they're like, I've been home with my family. I want to do this. I want to be, I want to be married again. Like I want to, exactly. you know, people are saying, I want exactly. to spend, like, I feel like the, at least in America or North America, we've had kind of a reset of our values, our family values and our cultural values. And so I think it's really interesting because I think who you'll hire after this slows down and who other people will hire as business owners after this slows down you'll have an opportunity to have a different pool than would have been here before. Because I, I feel like it's a global chessboard that God's moving things around and the enemy is always in checkmate. We don't always see that, but he's always in checkmate, but God's right. definitely moving pieces. And so for Shree and I, I know we've had to put everything on the altar and just say, we surrender like any part yes. of our lives, that, w whether it's moving, which we don't think we'll do those kinds of things, whether it's the girl's school, you know, whether it's whatever it is, God, anything is on the altar. You can have it all. And exactly. just, just because we know that so much is changing and we don't want to hold back something because of our sentimentality or just our affection. And so I, I love hearing what you say. I didn't know you moved until you told me, like, I think a couple weeks ago, you texted me and said, <laughs> we moved and I'm doing some projects. And I was like, that, this is awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to start a podcast too, Sean, and you're going to be on it. I'll do it. Hey, what about me? <laughs> now that I know Bob, Bob and I are yeah. best friends, okay. he's going to be on it too. <laughs> well, well, Joy, thank you so much for joining us. I, Absolutely. Your story is is so unbelievable, the, the journey that you've taken. Absolutely. And I just love the restoration that's happened uh, and all the blessings and favor that's on you. Tell us the name of your book and where I'm sure we can get it at all bookstores, right? No, no, I did Amazon because I, I was not going to be an author, but Sean made me an author. Yes, I, <laughs> I should say God a, made me an it's author. It's an amazing Actually, book. It's, 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 um, a, it's, it's called The brilliant. Amish Prophet. The Amish Prophet, and it's sold exclusively on Amazon. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. We are going to go into our question and answer time with Bob and Sean. That's and right. as we're going, I want to encourage you, listen back to Joy because she just kind of prophesied. She and did. listen back and take it as a prophetic word for you and your business. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bless you guys. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has 
literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. In this segment, we have questions from listeners like you. And now we're going to have a question from Berna. How do you work with controlling teachers, co-teachers in a school setting, in a preschool setting? How do you work with teachers with ADHD or ADD? Oh, Berna, thank you for that question. We get that question a lot in a lot of different settings about working with controlling people. And this is one of the harder things to do, but we believe and Sean will add to this, we believe in setting good boundaries. Yeah. So having good communication and, uh, and, and I think that boundaries around coworkers can take a lot of different forms. Can't they, Sean? They can. I think even, um, not conflict avoiding, but doing pre-conflict, which is like when you feel like someone's being controlling, they're micromanaging, they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, dictate your duties when they don't have that responsibility. It's just like saying, Oh, that felt a little weird when you said that. Um, can I can I get your motive behind that? Because I'm feeling judged. This is how I'm perceiving or this is how I'm experiencing you. Like having those kinds of talks is really important. And if you don't have those talks, it compiles and turns into they become a monster towards you because you've never done any of the conflict uh, management. And it's one of the hardest things for Christians to do, but we're supposed to win and our ability to relate to other people more than any other people group, because we have the Bible and it's a relational guide. Proverbs helps you to reign and win at life. Now I'm not saying in any way that you're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying that we have this opportunity because of Christ, because we can add in a healthy psychology, healthy spirituality to our workplace. We can actually have really powerful talks and become empowered again. Yeah. What I would, what I would encourage you to do is start asking good questions. When you feel judged, when you feel controlled, when you feel manipulated, when you feel micromanaged, you can ask the person a question like something like, could you explain to me why you're talking to me like that? Because I feel like I'm doing a good job and I feel like I have control of the situation. Could you help me understand why you're telling me these things? And when you ask a question like that, rather than having a confrontation, it begins to sound like a conversation. And you'll find sometimes that people will say, oh, no, you're doing a great job. I was just trying to help. And you'll begin to reset their minds in the way that you are experiencing them. Yeah. And also being an encourager for what people are doing right to, so you can draw them back to that in those conversations that have higher stakes to them. So like if you have four conversations with somebody in a week, three times, just encouraging them for who they are and what you're seeing that's good about them. So if you have to have a hard conversation, then you already have the equity of three really good conversations with them as well. And if the person's your superior, sometimes you work in a situation to where you need to pray yourself out of that situation. There is times where there's people who are not gonna work well with you and you're not gonna work well with them. I, I know I had a job years ago. This is 20 years ago, 25 years ago. 
I had a job where I just had to transition from the job because it was a toxic environment. And I had to pray myself out though because I didn't have an alternative. And so there's times we do that as well. But you can be a change, a person of change uh, to help. And uh, we're going to have a, a guest later on who talks about change agents. And I think that he might have some stuff for you as well as far as how he talks about this kind of thing. Right. And I would say in closing, try an experiment. Pray for these the, these people or this person that is causing you to feel controlled and ask God what they feel about them. And I think you'll see that your heart will change and ask God to give you good boundaries and good questions for them. Thanks so much for your question. We want to thank you for listening to Exploring the Marketplace today. I was so glad with this episode, Bob. I just love this conversation that keeps going and people can connect to us online. Well, stay tuned. Join us again. Subscribe and make sure to hit that notifications button. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.